Welcome to the Agoracom podcast, where investors discover great small cap companies. Thank you for taking Agoracom with you and make sure to follow our podcast. Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of Gorecom, in which we take the time to small cap executives after they put up big news. Guys, if you're believers in what's going to take place with renewable energy, and as a result, we're not going to need just we're not just getting more resources and metals and all that. We're also going to need new technology, new processes, because the demand is going to be massive between now and 2035. You're going to love this interview with Frank Cantervalli, the CEO at Alkaline Fuel Cell Power. As you can see over his shoulder there, Trading Canada to PWWR for our friends in the US under ALKFF. Here's what you need to know about the company because we got a nice, neat description for you. It's a, as you can tell from the name, it's a clean tech energy company that provides renewable energy focused investors with a powerful three step business plan. And uh, you're going to hear about that in a second to capitalize on the paradigm shift towards a zero carbon economy. So that's why I've created this one, two, three, one current. They've got a traditional heat and power business with a pipeline of more than $50 million of potential contracts. So they've got that. That satisfies the immediate need. Then two, one, two. They've got the near term. They've got fuel cell generators for backup and off-grid applications for the B2B market. And revenue opportunities are ideal for the diesel generator customers need to eliminate emissions. So they've got that. And then three, we've got the long-term hydrogen-powered fuel cell for the consumer market B2C, right? That's the big hockey stick growth. Uh, Microheat and power solution that they've got rivals the Tesla Powerwall to power people at home, right? They're going to be targeting customers in residential and small, medium-sized power markets. And that's why today's press release is really big. Uh, they announced a prototype launch of Jupiter 1.0. It's a great name. We're going to figure out why. But it's a powerful fuel cell system for homes and small buildings. And it's now out. It's going to be piloted. Frank, welcome back, my friend. Thanks, George. I appreciate that intro. Hey, well, look, it's exciting because we know what the next 10 years is going to demand for the next 50 years after that. And you guys are right on the cutting edge. Before we dive into specifics, because it's still new for everybody, all right? Big picture. How big is this news from a fuel cell energy breakthrough point of view, just for the for the whole world, for the whole industry? Yeah, I mean, this is big. It's big because uh, up until now, we've been saying we're building a technology to accomplish this. And so there was a technology risk perception, and now we've done it. So now it's really about the company, the platform itself has pivoted to a, it's a commercialization uh, strategy and opportunity. But but overall, the market, uh, the industry, the market knows we have a low cost alkaline fuel cell alternative compared to PEM and other types of fuel cells. You know, we're at least half the cost of those. Uh, and then the utility market knows we're a fairly low cost solution with, with cheaper green energy, uh, green hydrogen, we're a lower cost solution than a lot of grid alternatives today. So um, the market always wants to see that these things can pan out and our technology has been achieved. So now it's really about commercialization. So that's how, how big it is. We're de-risking it for investors. So because this is so new for most investors, I want to run through a layman, right? You're, so what you're doing is you're converting hydrogen to heat and electricity uh, at approximately 90% efficiency. Okay, it sounds great, but let's help people understand. So if you don't mind, maybe run through some layman mechanics of how that would work either in my home yeah. or in a small building. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'll give you, uh, uh, so the, from a size perspective, it's about the size you see in the images of about a washing machine. 
So if you imagine in your home, your average typical home in your boiler mechanical room, you'll have this unit in there. It'll be connected to um, eventually when people have hydrogen flowing through say their natural gas pipelines, that would connect into the unit. Uh, it would take air from the room, just ambient air. It doesn't need any particular type of air. It filters it in the system itself. Um, and when it's running and you turn it on, it's literally taking the hydrogen. You have the electrons from the hydrogen and from the air and the electrochemical process in our fuel cell stack within it allow the electricity to be generated. And then the, the, the waste heat, if you would, is also generated. So it's very quiet. It's not some Generac motor that you can hear running at every Wednesday at two o'clock, as everyone uh, can attest to. Um, That's right. It's very silent. Uh, very, the only few moving parts are in the actual balance of plants, like the, moving the fluid through the fuel cell. But the electrochemical process is quite, quite unique, quite simple. And our, our benefit of this system that we built is the, it's alkaline, right? So it's the ability to use less equipment, less capital. So again, it's about $500 a kilowatt equivalent. So let me get back to, you have this roughly $2,000 Canadian uh, unit sitting in your uh, mechanical room, your furnace room. Uh, and when the way you set it up is when your power goes out. So Toronto Hydro, whoever their power goes out, which happens a lot, um, or you have a peak period where the rates that they're charging you are really expensive versus uh, what you, know okay. you can generate it for. You set it to run during these periods and it will provide your electricity for the rest of your house. In addition to your um, heating, if you want that unit, we are building a generator unit along with this four kilowatt CHP unit. Um, so that's, you know, it works quite simply at $2,000 roughly because it's around $500 a kilowatt uh, to make. Uh, it means with any incentive, you know, it's really cost effective. So to put in perspective uh, where hydrogen is going, green hydrogen in the marketplace, uh, from a cost perspective, the U.S. Department of Energy says it should be about a dollar a kilogram U.S. by 2031. I believe from all the analysis coming out of, you know, what's coming out of China, Europe, and United States and fighting for hydrogen uh, electrolyzers generation, all of that, I think we'll, we'll have it cheaper, means their units will be certainly less of a, of a levelized cost of energy, if you used our fuel cell with that hydrogen, would be less than 15 cents a kilowatt hour all in. And certainly, I believe it can be less than that, depending on, um, you know, when we finally fine tune uh, and sharpen the pencil on our price. So it's going to be cost effective compared to how most people in North America and Europe pay for their electrons today from electric utilities. So that part's, that part's pretty simple. Well, and uh, you know, you're not making me feel great because you brought up Generac and I raised my hand and I'm one of those guys and I paid yeah. well over the numbers that you're talking about in order yeah. to have the system in place. Well, because then you're talking of probably a 20, I guess we have a 20 kilowatt unit, you know, uh, backup generator. And so if you do the math, we're going to be cost effective versus the current alternatives. And, and if we're using as we're going to be using hydrogen, it's clean, it's green, it's clean and green. And uh, what I like about it it's not just a pure backup. So now you're telling me that it's sitting in my home so yeah. that even during peak time, so it'll, it'll back me up if I need it or during peak times when, you know, electricity or energy is really expensive, the Jupiter. Yeah, kicks I, I think if you're, so there's, there's, there's three scenarios where, um, and globally you have to appreciate every market, Toronto, you know, uh, North of Toronto, uh, Quebec, uh, Belgium, Different markets globally have different uh, structures of how they pay for electricity or not and, and time of use and all those things. So I envision there's three scenarios you set this up for. 
the basic one is obviously backup. So if the power goes out, you don't want to kill everything in your fridge, ruin it or your freezer, or you have elderly or you have other electrical requirements that life systems you really have to keep on, then we function as a backup to, to meet those. You're at a cottage, we have a backup, right? So you think of all those scenarios where you have that backup requirement. Uh, the next one is absolutely from a peaking perspective, is there, um, you know, depending where you are, do you have a peak price, whether it's an open market in New England or you have a time of use peak price where it's just too expensive to take yeah. from the grid, you can then run this for a few hours or several hours a day if that was the, the price design. And the third one, which would be a far bigger component, I think in the coming years, is you have what's called a, a DER market, a demand energy resource market, where utilities and, and grid system operators are allowing any customer who has their own power generation or storage to then monetize and sell power back to the to not just the grid to other customers in real time. So wouldn't that be sudden, something? Wouldn't that so be all, something? You no, know, think of it as it's just free trading. You're trading your power because it's valuable, and you know you can make a pretty penny for those few minutes or that hour. Then you could literally turn the sucker on and and sell that power through a lot of blockchain technology and companies. You're selling that power to some other customer. So those are the three scenarios I envision. And depending if you were a, a cottage or a hospital in a remote area where you had more need for that backup side to kick on more or that peaking side, then you, you would use it more towards that. So those are the scenarios I envision, but each market's slightly different. Now, when you say envision, here's what I like about this press release. It's not just an, a vision. It's beyond an idea. You've already got pilots lined up, right? And yeah. that's really important because it's one thing for George Com Widget to say, we're envisioning yeah. this widget and this widget will change the world. It's like, all right, well, good luck getting there because you, you still got to go through R&D. So you got to go through, yeah. you're there, right? So yeah. what can you tell us about these strategic partners. Uh, I don't, so, you may not be able to tell us name, but can you no, give no, us No, no, so I mean, we, we do have, um, so that what we've said publicly, we have two strategic uh, pilots that we've been working through, one with um, progressive clean technologies, and that's the one where uh, if, if hydrogen is now injected in natural gas pipelines, it's the ability to use a hydrogen separator that only pulls out the hydrogen, say, at your property, and then you use that in our fuel cell. So that pilot, um, we're continuing to nail down the, the final details of that joint venture and we'll have a site or looking at an actual end site to announce shortly. And there's a few options of what we're working through. The other one as well, which I have to admit is quite uh, exciting, is the use of ammonia, right? So ammonia storage, you crack as a cracking technology with amp power, um, and then we convert it to hydrogen and we use it in our fuel cell. That one as well, we have a few sites we're looking through and we should have an announcement uh, sooner than later on nice. where we're physically going to deploy that unit. But you know, the one difference, most people, when you think of pilots with a prototype, um, they might be thinking in terms of let's prove that our prototype works, that our technology works. That's not the, the issue or the opportunity here. The opportunity is um, the quicker that I can um, you know, demonstrate to utilities to end customers to industry folks engineers uh the use of ammonia or the use of, of blending hydrogen and pipelines the quicker that those industry folks say wow we're now going to speed up uh the deployment uh of, of injecting hydrogen or the deployment of, of ammonia in remote locations right then the quicker i get sales 
to those end customers. So That's I don't need to show people how great my technology is. I need to show them how to enable and thread the needle to enable my technology to actually be sold. And that so, makes sense. They're not incentivized yeah. right now to do it because there aren't any mechanisms to, 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 to either on the alkaline side or the hydrogen side. But if you can show them, hey, here yeah. it is, it yeah. works, then they're incentivized because what you said well, earlier, way uh, lower operator costs. Campuses, you know, university campuses, schools, remote communities, you name it, First Nations communities. There's so many agricultural, there's so many places that, um, you know, have a tremendous power issue. And the quicker that they understand, oh, this configuration on my property can accomplish this, the quicker they understand that business case and see it, then uh, the quicker we can deploy and, and create the right partnerships and strategic ventures and, and roll that out. So, um, yeah, that, that's the bigger intent of the pilots is to really demonstrate the business of cases of configurations more than anything. How long? Uh, so two questions for you. Yeah. Ballpark. How long do you expect the pot to last once they begin? Ballpark. You know, I don't. Yeah, that's a great and question. So, if all goes well. Yeah. You know, how big of a market are you unlocking? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the market's huge. It, it's it's more a question of um, I don't see a product that's going to be more cost effective to convert, you know, stationary unit like ours in a home in a small building, I don't see something that would beat ours from a price perspective. So it's really just a question of when hydrogen, the quicker hydrogen gets to those customers, the quicker we get our sales and take our market share. So, so that is, you know, a lot of that is out of our control, except we can help enable people to make, you know, to speed that up. Um, you know, so we, again, publicly, we've talked about uh, now that we have our prototype, there's a few configurations, a few things we'll do to tweak it in time for a our CE certification process in Europe. Um, and that's, you know, in the, in the coming quarter and two, uh, we anticipate to have, as we've said publicly, our two pilots and, and likely more um, would be rolled out in say, you know, end of Q2, Q3, Q4 this year. Um, and I expect those pilots to include both our CHP, our Jupiter 1.0 unit, in addition to our four kilowatt um, generator fuel cell unit as well. So we'll see how many we, we need to get built and roll out this year. But that's the game plan is this year is, is get those pilots knocked out, get whatever certification we need to, to make that happen uh, and really confirm, you know, what is our manufacturing strategy? Uh, how many are we building out from, from a location perspective? Uh, what strategic partners to deliver it to the market, to commercialize it? So all that is on the table and we're refining that as we speak. And I'm assuming, Frank, you have a reasonable high level of confidence that this, you expect the pods to go well. I mean, you still have to yeah. do pods. So, so the pilots, real world you know, um, so I'll give you an example. In one case, we're looking at, you know, there's a certain intended use for our units when they're ready, right, at mass production uh, and, and what we would do with it. And it's for use in backup in a particular application. The pilot wouldn't be to put it in that specific application. It's probably to put it at their headquarters, plug it in, you know, using ammonia storage, you know, a cubic meter of ammonia storage, a cubic meter worth of ammonia cracking technology, our fuel cell, and, and run it, come up with a, um, um, a scope of work where we choose to run it maybe so many times a day, using them in certain applications to sort of play them out, toy them out. Um, it can be, you know, months. I wouldn't say much longer. It doesn't need to be in there much longer than months to get all the learnings and lessons out of it than everyone wants. Um, it's to help generate the business cases that can then uh, understand, great, we're going to put, you know, a 50 or a 75 kilowatt unit stack unit here in that location. 
Um, so the bit, you know, once they're up and running in those pilots, it, it can take weeks or months, depending how what everyone's intentions are, who funded it, who are part of it to learn from it. But it won't take long to to justify the business case. You've had a long you've had long track record of biz dev success for a couple of reasons. One, you're a smart guy that understands his markets, his product. That's clear in this interview. Thanks, the second part is you also understand marketing and branding and what Jupiter 1.0. Uh, it's a really unique name. Why'd you pick the name Jupiter 1.0? Uh, I love the name. So I'm not going to take credit for it. I wish I did. I didn't come up with it. We have some brilliant people in the company in Belgium. Um, look, there's an obvious reality. Even, even our corporate name has fuel cell in it. The average person doesn't know what a fuel cell is. No. And so, you know, we weren't going to call it fuel cell 1.0 or something. No one knows what it is. They just want to know they're getting renewable, reliable, and affordable energy and power at their homes. Um, and so, you know, and I wouldn't even say it's a long-term name for it, but from temporary until we have proper focus groups marketing uh, and, and launching our actual products from mass production, um, it, you know, we definitely had to look at something a bit unique, make the market understand that we're doing something that's a bit of a blue ocean. Um, and I love that the team came up with Jupiter 1.0. So Jupiter, if people don't know, is about 90, the atmosphere is about 90% hydrogen. And it was just obvious that we're, we're building something that's so out there right, in the future, you know, far away from, from, a, from a futuristic perspective. But we're building this and uh, you realize, OK, well, we're 90 percent efficient to convert hydrogen. So we just thought that was kind of cute by half. We love that. Um, and, you know, just Jupiter, the idea of no one's been there. So no one knows what a fuel cell is really in their home. No one's been to Jupiter. But you can look at Jupiter, understand, yeah, that's it, it's a, it's something that's futuristic. Uh, there's values in it, and we believe we can bring basically Jupiter to your home and bring that hydrogen uh, to help you live your daily lives. And we can't wait for the marketing of that. Bring Jupiter to your home. I love that. <laughs> I love I love that as a slogan. And since we're on that, bring Jupiter to your home. Yeah. You know, we've talked a lot about uh, you know more small buildings and you know bigger you know bigger uh, installations. Yeah. Potentially in the future. Most people watching this are consumers. It's me. It's you. It's John. It's Mary who are watching this right now. Um, we've talked about the, so we have an idea of the benefits, lower costs, you know, helps with the, all those things. When do you think we might see a unit, you know, when will Joe consumer, American consumer actually could expect to see a unit in their home? Is it a year and a half away? You know, a couple of years away? Yeah. I mean, I'd say it's, it's around that range. I think, uh, if we're looking at 23 being the deploying of the pilots and creating the strategic partnerships for, for. Uh, distribution, uh, manufacturing, and a number of those items. I think we're talking, you know, that's what 23 will be about for the fuel cell part of the business. Uh, and 24 is really the execution of a lot of that. So um, we don't have any definitive answers, but that we're looking at that range. Maybe it is 18 months and beyond to finally get those units out. But, you know, until we find those right, is it manufacturing yourself? Is it joint venture with the manufacturing arm that can produce them quicker, uh, you know, I, until I have that definitive number, my main objective is to find um, uh, the right strategic partners, the right opportunities that enable people to say, I want to buy the fuel cell as quickly as possible. Uh, and that's a bigger portion I'm looking at is how do I make my market share the size of my pie grow quicker than waiting for hydrogen to show up to people's homes? How do I get it there quicker? And again, the ammonia strategy could be a great one injecting hydrogen in, in uh, pipelines could be a great one, um, but I need to enable those to happen. 
And then that, that changes the market size and the timing of it uh, and everything else will adapt to that. Then I love the thinking that goes behind that answer that, you know, you've got to, you've got to get the market ready for that. And, and, and it looks like you are, by the way, if nothing else, if I could use one of these systems just to heat my pool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we talked about that. I, I, yeah, we, we, I, I can't wait to get, I mean, I do expect to bring, I think two of the pilots will be here somewhere in Ontario, Canada. And uh, I can't wait to do that because obviously there'll be a number of opportunities for people to see them in action here. And, and that's something I look forward to. So maybe there will be a pool attached to this. We'll see. I would love to see that. Let me, I, I think that'd be a huge market for you right off the bat. People still think at home, I'm not sure. Do I want to get away from my natural? I'm obviously people are going to get over it, but I'm yeah. not sure if I get away from my natural gas furnace system, you know, but heating pools, big expense, you know, swap out for yeah, something and, from you, know, you George, guys, is, boom, boom. This is know? a great point. You brought this up before. I think at the end of the day, I'm not going to be myopic to think people need to appreciate the value of a fuel cell because it's so different in technology. At the end of the day, it's very simple. And so I'll say this to investors as well. If I understand that selling or financing and owning and operating a fuel cell in a property for anyone, a utility, an airport, a campus, you name it, a residential home, is all about providing the most affordable, reliable, renewable power source. I don't think those end customers really care beyond that. Some might put more value on the greenness of it versus an alternative. Some might say, as most industrial customers I've come across say, it's about the cost as opposed to say the, the greenness of it. Um, you know, those levers are in there to, to manage. But at the end of the day, I just have to worry about getting sales and sales won't happen if it's uneconomic. And it, it is economic. So the quicker that people understand that I'll get my sales. And to the investors, that's what you need to worry about. I'm not trying to, I'm definitely capitalizing on uh, the energy transition shift and the fight against climate change. But you're not being idealistic about it either where you want to change minds. Competitors, right? I'm going to steal load away from utilities, from other energy companies, from from other technologies that aren't cost effective. I'm not trying to sell something that no one's currently buying. I'm going to sell you your energy cheaper than you currently buy it, pure and simple. And hey, if, if anything, Frank, given what's happened with inflation, given what's happened in the economy coming down the road, I mean, people have always been cost conscious, but it's amazing that everybody's even more cost conscious now than ever. So I think you're you're moving into a perfect, perfect storm uh, for well, the company. And, and, and to add to that, George, I mean, the perfect yeah. storm, it comes down to, it is literally power to the people. And 120 years ago, central yes. power plants were built and delivered through wires to people's homes and businesses. We, we've now come full circle where you could literally put a power plant, i.e. this, in your home, put up your solar panels, put in your heat pumps, put in your fuel cell, your alkaline fuel cell, and you could be self-sufficient. You can connect to the grid if you want to connect to the grid uh, to sell your power or, or you know, have other solutions attached to that. But it, the power is now in your hands. We've completely reversed the model. And, and I'm so thankful these folks, uh, nice. before I got here, picked PWWR, power as our ticker symbol. But power to the people is exactly what we're delivering. And to me, I think that's exactly where the world is going. Our homes, our cars, they're going to become the power plants and the grid will be the backup, you know, just in case if, if the, that, the grid will I be think the backup. There, there's a, um, I was literally with a, a few CEOs of utilities the last few days. And um, I think there's some good realization by many of them that their model has to change. It's not as monolithic and simplistic as it was maybe 120 years ago. The model has to change. And 
if they want to stay a ubiquitous distributor of electrons uh, to customers and, and sell my electrons to someone else, then they have to be uh, a, a low cost provider of that distribution. And you know, for all everyone watching, they have to deploy a more lean manufacturing mentality in how they deliver electrons. The problem is for you know, about a hundred years is most utilities were deploying, um, I'm not gonna necessarily say they all deployed unnecessary capital, but they kept deploying in a manner that made them more money and made them more valuable and not necessarily for the interest of the consumer. And I get back to, it's about power to the people literally and in, in federally, figuratively in, in the sense of they need to control their destiny more and uh, we're going to enable that. Frank, I love where you position the company. I love the fact that you got real prototype, real pilots going on. That's exciting because so many people are talking the talk. George Com Energy is going to do this for renewables and it's an idea and just trying to sell stock and trying to bring promotion, but you're doing something real. And every time we talk, it's like 2024 can't get here fast enough because I want to yeah. see this stuff you know, haven't gone through pilots and inaction. We'll have to wait, but it's exciting as hell. That's all I want to tell you. You guys are, you guys are doing an amazing job. One last question for you. Yep. A little corporate cleanup. Uh, the press release mentioned that you've taken over management of the development company uh, in Belgium. Uh, anything you want to talk about there? Just about that? Yes. That's Number one, we've had a great team in Belgium and uh, Joe Verstappen really? did a great job in, in pulling in the team, creating the team and, and getting us to this point. And now, as I mentioned earlier, we're in a position where we're transitioning from this technology risk perspective, R&D perspective. And then while there's still some work to do to get the unit ready for, um, for the CE certification, we're really pivoting into a more uh, commercialization strategy. And that's definitely more my strength. And so the goal is how do we refine the team, focus the team, uh, make sure that we're really trying to deliver on bringing units to the market quicker, the right commercialization strategy, the right partners globally. So it's just a, it's a cleanup to make sure we have the right staff and the right focus. Um, and I've, you know, been in contact with key investors and, and my team here and my board, and we're all on the same page to make sure that we, we really do spend our money wisely to bring this to the finish line and, and get some sales. Frank, congratulations on a real major milestone with this announcement. I think I speak on behalf of all shareholders uh, where I say thank you and congratulations to you and your team here in Canada, the team in Belgium. You guys hit out of the park. And buddy, I can't wait to keep having you back on the updates because it sounds like there's gonna be a lot of updates now uh, yeah. as we go through Jupiter uh, 1.0, Jupiter 2.0, because 1.0 implies there will be a 2.0, there will be 3.0, but for today, yeah. man. Well, awesome. George, I, I thank you and I can't wait to get you on Jupiter 1. Yeah, hey, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I cannot wait. And I really mean that. And I, I look yeah. forward to the day you and I can be standing either in my home or in my backyard, wherever it's going to yeah. be, and firing it up. Uh, it's going to be great. That's but great. until then, like I said, congratulations on today's milestone. Today, we celebrate this, my friend. Thanks, George. For everybody at home, you've been watching or you've been listening by podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple, or your favorite podcast platform, the Frank Valley CEO at Alkaline Fuel Cell Power, Trades in Canada, PWWR, in the U.S., ALKFF. For those new to the story, and that's a lot of you because look at the volume and what's happening in trading once tax loss season ended. A lot of interest picking up, so a lot of you probably watched this for the first time. You absorbed a good deal of information here. Now you want to start your due diligence. Let me advise you, part one. Get to the company's profile page on Agoracom because we've got a good layman's explanation of the company and its tech so you can get that foundational knowledge because we know there's a lot going on here. And then when you've got that, you feel comfortable, you got the big picture, 
then head right over to the company's website, do your deep dive to diligence. Because guys, if you believe in the future renewable energy, I don't see how you can't. And the role that fuel cell fuel cells are going to play and clean hydrogen is going to play, this is it. This is the company you got to do your diligence on. You got to make your own decision. Just don't say 12 months from now that we didn't tell you so. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. See you next time. Hey guys, this podcast is over. But don't forget to help your company by liking it or even leaving a comment. And then don't forget to help yourself by following us on Spotify, Google, Apple, or on your favorite podcast platform so you will never miss another one great Agora Gomez Mocha podcast.